1: And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on all the cool and exciting stuff happening in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys?
2: what's up guys. Good to be back talking some star Wars, even though news is kind of slow right now, but we're almost out of summer. And man, just to think about really, just like two months away from the Mandalorian season two. So I imagine news on that front should start picking up pretty soon, hopefully. But yeah, I think definitely. we has got to get through a few more weeks of kind of not so much news. And then certain things will start kicking in here again, which will be fun.
0: Yeah. It's a uh, star Wars is kind of in a weird spot right now. I mean, obviously the Mandalorian season two is a big deal because COVID has shut everything down and the Mandalorian managed to, you know, squeak, you know, squeak by and and not be affected necessarily by everything, you know, unlike the Marvel stuff, which has been delayed. And, uh, that's pretty, that's a pretty big deal right now, considering, you know, everyone's, you know, content is not exactly at a, uh, or is exactly a premium right now, especially because everyone's burning through everything, but not going anywhere and just watching TV and, and now that, you know, everything was delayed for like movies and things like that and movie theaters are shut down, it's even more of a bigger deal with this stuff. So the fact that The Mandalorian isn't affected is a giant, giant deal. And it's it's funny because Star Wars, again, The Mandalorian really is carrying the Star Wars right now way more than I ever anticipated. And uh, that we even could predict even, you know, again, not nothing against Rise of Skywalker. We all know I love that movie, but. I'm not gonna. I'd be lying to say that I think the Mandalorian is single-handedly carrying Star Wars right now. Through even through Rise of Skywalker, it's been it's been the main thing, and it's gonna. The fact that we're gonna get season two in October and not be delayed into the next year is a big big deal.
1: Yeah, definitely. Especially, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here in terms of our our outline of stuff that we were going to talk about, but just speaking of, you know, the Mandalorian and and stuff being scheduled and pushed back and whatever, um, it was recently announced that, you know, Disney made some changes to their upcoming slate of movies and basically had to reshuffle the whole thing because of all these production delays and stuff. And, you know, last we heard was that uh, the next Star Wars movie was supposed to come out December 16th, 2022, um and then there are going to be subsequent movies coming out in 2024 and 2026 um and of course you know then there were comments from bob Iger about like star wars taking a break after rise of skywalker and so we weren't sure if those dates were still going to be concrete anyways but it sounds like those were still the dates that they were planning on sticking to but now those have been pushed back a year because of covid so now um the next star wars movie as of right now will be released december 22nd 2023 and then december 20th uh or sorry december 19th 2025 and then the third one will be december 17th 2027 um so it's going to be a while before we have any more star wars on the big screen and again we knew it was going to be a bit of a wait anyways but now it's going to be um you know a whole year longer so it's really just going to be the Mandalorian in the meantime, um, and then whatever series they, whatever other series they have coming to Disney Plus. I mean, you know, we already know we've got Obi Wan and Cassian and all that kind of stuff, um, and some of those production schedules may have been affected as well. But I'm assuming that stuff will still be here before the movies get here. Um, but we also have a new series coming to Disney Plus that was announced recently, um, and this is kind of old news at this point. I mean, this came out before our our Siege of Mandalore commentary, and we even kind of talked about it a little bit during that, but we haven't really fully dived into this as a piece of news yet, Um, and that is that we have official confirmation of the Bad Batch series happening. Uh, Tim, you and I talked about this a while ago when it was just a rumor, Um, but now it's been officially confirmed that we've got uh, the Bad Batch series coming out on Disney Plus in 2021. Uh, this will be, again, kind of a continuation of the Clone Wars picking up during the early days of the Empire, and we follow the Bad Batch as they're now kind of working as mercenaries um, and trying to navigate their way through this new landscape post-Order 66 and everything. Um, and as we said before, I mean, there's you know a lot of cool possibilities they could do with this. I mean, for me, this wouldn't have necessarily been my first choice for a new animated series as far as storylines and characters that I would have liked to see. Um, but I mean, the bad are fun characters, I think it'll be cool to see them again. And I'm primarily excited for this because of the possibility of seeing more of the galaxy post order 66 through the eyes of the clones and see what was like, what life was like for them just during those early days of the empire. So, uh, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. And again, you know, it's, it's going to be great to have a new star Wars animated series. Um, and just some more content to carry us through this time as we're waiting in between movies.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely glad it was officially announced after we got those rumors because I was getting excited just based off those uh, details and rumors we were getting about it. So, the fact that it was officially announced, I am now really cannot wait to get not just our first look at what the series is going to look like, but premiere dates and all that good stuff, and just another bit of Star Wars content to look forward to in the future, which is awesome. So, um, but the big thing I was excited about when reading the official press release was how it did confirm that they are going to be working as mercenaries. I know that is something that we were kind of specul- speculating on during those rumors about what possibly they could be doing. Um, but uh, now that we know they are going to be mercenaries, that just opens up different possibilities of what stories we can see with these characters. I mean, I'm just thinking about how they could take jobs from people who were with the separatist army at first and they'd be working with them. And then maybe they'd have to be taking out some Imperial facilities and depending how far after it is Revenge of the Sith? If it's during the time where clone troopers are still being used for the soldiers of the Empire, they have to take out um, some of their own clones and what that uh, kind of drama that can bring for the characters. So a lot of interesting stuff could come from this series and what the, we're going to see the Bad Batch do as mercenaries. And of course, there'll probably just be some fun missions that we'll see him go. Along, like you said, they're fun characters and seeing them interact with each other again is going to be really cool. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this. And I know I was kind of we were kind of talking about it, too, where I was picturing that the reception for this was going to be kind of. Mix are not too exciting and Amongst some of the fans and that pretty much Was the case I saw a lot of reactions on Twitter for people not being particularly Excited about this almost to a point where it felt Like I was the only one along with You as we talked about on that Previous episode so hopefully this uh, Gained some more excitement And buzz once we get a trailer and See more of the series to get uh, Other fans more excited about it and I Think once they actually see an episode It's going to be something that hopefully it'll be on That same level we come to expect um, from the crews who worked on Clone Wars and Rebels. So, yeah, definitely excited. It's official. And now we just got to wait to see when we're actually going to be seeing a brand new Star Wars animated series.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned having some of that same crew from Clone Wars working on it. We definitely do have that here with The Bad Batch. Uh, it mentions here in the press release that it's executive produced by Dave Filoni. Um, of course, we all know and love Dave. Athena Portillo, who is also a producer on Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, Brad Rao who worked on Rebels and Resistance and Jennifer Corbett um, and Carrie Beck. Um, and, you know, they've all been uh, involved in various Star Wars projects before. Uh, Brad Rao is also serving as the supervising director for this show um, with uh, Jennifer Corbett as the head writer. So, um, yeah, lots of people involved in this uh, who have experience working on some of the successful Star Wars animated series that we've seen in the past leading up to this point, obviously. Um, Now, don't forget, we also have those rumors of a uh, a potential Rebels sequel series coming at some point, too, that they might even be working with concurrently with this one. Um, And so I'm sure that's probably why. Well, and of course, Dave is also working on The Mandalorian. So, you know, he's not going to be probably as involved with the Bad Batch as he has been with uh, Clone Wars and Rebels as far as directly overseeing everything. But um, definitely going to have his influence and guidance over this. Um, as well as a lot of a lot of these other creative people as well. Um <clears throat> and one thing I did hear, you know, obviously, you know, take this with a grain of salt, because obviously people that are involved in Star Wars are gonna say nice things about this, but I, I saw some Star Wars fan site mentioned that like Sam Whitwer had been doing like a yeah, game. Yeah, he was doing like a a gaming stream. Uh, and just chatting with people that were watching him on Twitch or whatever, and somebody asked him about uh, the Bad Batch series, and he obviously couldn't give out spoilers or anything like that, but he mentioned that he had seen some of it, and that uh, he said it looked fantastic. That the animated the animation style was, um, I forget if he, exactly the words he used, but basically that it's kind of similar uh, to Clone Wars, at least in terms of quality. So I don't know if it's going to look exactly like Clone Wars did, and I'm sure they're going to, you know, maybe. Make some changes or, or kind of have their own style just for this show, but, um, he basically was kind of hinting that like Clone Wars set a high bar for animation that, and that this at least meets it, that people are going to be happy with it and that Clone Wars fans are going to be happy with it. So um, i definitely glad to read that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so that at least gives me hope. And now look, I'll say, I mean, he was mostly talking about the animation style and I do like the animation style for Star Wars resistance as well, but this at least, you know, gives me hope that this is going to be something more along the lines of Clone Wars and rebels. And it's not going to be, uh, you know, something like Resistance that was more kid-friendly and only ran for a couple seasons and, you know, didn't really um, latch on with the fans all that much. So um, hopefully The Bad Batch will be a hit. I know there have been some people that weren't super excited about it. Um, hmm. But, you know, there's... Yeah. I, I think there's definitely reasons to look forward to it. But I'm looking forward to when we get a trailer or at least get to, you know, see some footage or some images or something to to get more of a sense of what this is going to be like and what it's going to look like.
0: I'm personally not super excited about this show let me make it very clear i i'm not like mad about this announcement i'm not disappointed by this announcement i'm just kind of eh about this announcement it does not excite me more star wars excites me and that's why i'm excited for it but that's really where it stops and Really, for me, the Bad Batch was a great arc in the Clone Wars. It looked phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I, I don't. Were you guys there, I, Tim? I think you were with me for the, uh, the, the, uh, animate, animate, um, uh, whatever, the, the basic animation or the storyboards, whatever. Were you there with me? Yeah, oh, we, we were all there. there. Wait, yeah, we celebration? Oh, yeah. wait, did
1: you go watch those with us? I remember me and Tim being there.
0: Yeah, I was. I must have been. Yeah, I think I was there with you. Guys okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I guess yeah, we all
1: did to go watch those together.
0: I, we, we had just met, I think, that day, probably. So um, you probably don't remember me, 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 uh, me being there. But yeah, I definitely was there. I, remember, I thought me and Tim were there together, sitting by each other. Um, anyway, the, I, I like the characters fine then. I know that one of the writers, I, I remember even then at the 2015 um, celebration. Filoni sort of the the writer for that is kept wanting kept pitching ideas for the Bad Batch and I remember him just kind of always talking about it, like, Well, we could you know, we could do this with the Bad Batch you know, it was kind of a joke back then and now they're doing this, you know, whole show with it and everything and the, th- the thing is with me is that I I Could end up loving it, you know, I- I'm being open to that idea because we with it with with writing anything could be a good story. You can make a great story with freaking, you know, the of bike characters for, you know, which seems impossible to be honest, but you know, um, I'm sorry. It was a little cheap shot. Um, but, but in all seriousness. Yeah. With a good story, you can make anything worthwhile and whatever, but that these characters of themselves, it just seems very not star Wars to me. And I was talking to my, uh, my, I was on a discord uh, chat with a, with my buddy from a uh, MCU fan show the, uh, with Sean and a bunch of people were kind of asking, someone asked me, I gotta know, I haven't heard what you thought about the bad batch yet. And I'm like, well, here's, you know, I basically said that, you know what I said, I'm not excited. The episodes, the episodes were great in clone wars, but you know, we're just kind of having, I guess this didn't excite me. And I asked Sean kind of, you know, do you, and I'm kind of asking you guys this too, a little bit, but let me kind of preface it here. But, it's basically the bad factor. Basically, it's almost like a superhero concept because they're all super soldiers, and they're they're modified, and and this it seems very. It's not Star Wars can be anything. I think that's the beauty of Star Wars. It's it's not in a box, but it's very unorthodox in that way. That it's very very like comic booky, which is cool. I it should be up my alley, right? But it almost feels like the whole concept and the fact they're going with, with it with an animated, with, with an animation just seems like, why are you going with like, a comic book would make more sense, but an animated show about these characters that one's super strong. One is the, has super agility or, you know, sniping ability or, you know, it's one super brainy. And again, these are all super soldiers essentially. And so for me, it's just not something that excites me pr- you know predominantly. And I think that, it, It'll be interesting how they weave the Bad Batch with, excuse me, I hit my mic. They weave the Bad Batch with the OT and the transition from the PT to the OT and kind of go from there. And that, to me, is the most interesting thing, is how they're going to transition from the Clone Wars to the Empire era. And that's where we're going to get, I think, the bulk of where I'm going to enjoy the show. Because these characters alone don't excite me enough to go. Yeah, I can't wait for this. It's like oh, okay, it's whatever. It, it seems fine. So I think right. that's where I'm going to be the most excited about a scene where where exactly the Empire, you know, how they kind of do away with the clones and 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 that kind of thing, and seeing the, the galaxy kind of start to come under suppression of the Empire. And I think the Bad Batch are going to be our 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 view of that and that's going to be fun and exciting and seeing where they could go and that's the one thing you can do is that you can do anything with these characters there's there's not a lot of expectations so you can put them in different places but again if the animations like clone wars hopefully they're going to different planets or uh, different planets because part of the problem with i think rebels was that it was very one-dimensional where it could go because they didn't have a lot of um you know, what's resources, if you, if you will, to either put money into making more dynamic places and planets and different things like that, or just the fact that they didn't have built up enough in their computer systems to do that. And so, yeah, to me, it, it, it very much is, I hope it's not like rebels were going to be on like the same, like basic two, three planets and that's it. I hope they actually go like Clone Wars and go all over the place. If they keep it all over the place, galaxy spanning, and they can tell and introduce all kinds of different, you know, aliens and, and, and weave from sequel trilogy aspects to PT aspects to OT aspects and, you know, interweave all those things in and enrich everything, using those characters as the view, then I think that it'll be just fine. But I do worry about the fact that Rebels was limited in, in budget as far as, what kind of you know atmospheres and, and and planets they could go to and and being exotic and things like that because i mean look at the the bad batch arc itself right lots and lots of cool stuff they could they did with that and i'm not sure rebels could do that and i'm and if they it's similar to clone wars as far as the um sorry my baby's crying uh as far as like the uh the look of it and the design of it then i think we'll be okay but i i just have a little trepidation with that um regarding the the look of it and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll kind of just have to wait and see to get our first look at the footage of it and see like uh what exactly it's going to look like and everything, but I mean, I agree with you that like I think I think we will see them traveling around a lot. Um that's kind of what it sounds like from this. I mean, it says the series follows the elite and experimental clones of the bad batch. Um, As they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars, uh, members of Bad Batch, a unique squad who possess uh, genetically different skills, blah, 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 we know that, um, which makes them an extraordinarily uh, effective soldiers and a formidable crew. In the post-Clone War era, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. So that definitely sounds to me like, you know, if they're going to be split off from the empire or they're going to be off doing their own thing i mean it's the perfect vessel for them to do a lot of planet hopping and to meet a lot of different characters and go to a lot of different locations and explore a lot of different conflicts and different aspects of the galaxy in this kind of new changing era as it transitions from the republic to the empire and i think uh just like you were saying and i mean and tim and i were talking about this earlier and i think we all kind of agree about this that like the Bad Batch on their own are fun characters, but for them to be the main characters of an entire series, I think the more interesting thing is going to be uh, the the characters that they encounter and the places they go and the things that we see through their eyes, as opposed to just, you know, seeing them shoot up droids and stuff episode after episode.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think that that'll be very interesting for very long. So it's, I'm again, you can make anything a good story as long as it's good, right? But what makes it good is very relative, and it's to be interesting if it hits the—I love this word—zeitgeist of Star Wars fandom, because um, it could. Maybe it all hits, and no one expected it to, and and it's, and it's great. But it's to me, it is an interesting—it's an interesting direction to go in, and that to me is kind of is funny or. That, to me, is kind of the most interesting aspect of it. It's so out of left field, just like, what? And so it's like it makes me not interested in it. But it also is kind of like I kind of love the idea that they're going something so kind of out of left field that maybe they have a great pitch. And that this pitch is is worth you know making an animated series over, but and that's, I that's my thought too. The
1: fact that it seems so out of left field makes me think okay, there must be a reason that they're doing this particular show over all the other shows they could have done. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with it. I, yeah, I know we I don't know a whole lot about it yet, but. Um, You know, I I trust this crew and uh, the stuff they've worked on in the past, and I think there's going to be some good stories here. I mean, even in the rumor that we talked about, you know, back before this was confirmed, I think they had mentioned that uh, Rex and Ahsoka were going to be in this series as well, just not as lead characters. But I I don't know if maybe we'll have some episodes that go away from the Bad Batch and focus on different characters, or if they're going to encounter Rex and Ahsoka at some point. Um, so I don't know if it'll be like Clone Wars, where it kind of hops around between story arcs, or if it'll be more like Rebels, where it's focused on the same group of characters every episode, but they just, you know, meet other characters along the way. So um, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think there's definitely uh, a lot of a lot of exciting possibilities and a lot of potential for some cool stuff there. So uh, that's coming out in 2021. Um, we have yet to get an official release date yet, but. Um, I think we, I mean, we may get some more info coming soon because, I mean, we're in August now. Celebration would have been in, like, a couple weeks from now. Um, and surprisingly enough, they haven't announced anything about doing, like, a virtual online fan event or something like DC's doing and like they did for Comic-Con. Um, but I have to think that they would have talked about this more at Celebration had it still happened. Unless they were waiting to make this announcement at Celebration. Um yeah, I think that's probably more likely. But I think even if that's the case, they probably would have at least shown some initial concept art mm-hmm. or maybe a teaser or something at Celebration to go along with it. Um, and so, and I'm sure we'll probably, you know, there probably is some other stuff regarding the Mandalorian. I mean, you know, we would have gotten a season two trailer for the Mandalorian, oh. and now <laughs> and now there are some rumors that that's coming later this month, maybe like during the NBA playoffs or something like that, um, like on ESPN, which is also owned by Disney or ABC or wherever they're going to show that. Um, so we'll probably get that at some point this month, maybe. So, you know, we'll we'll definitely come back and talk about that when we get it. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if, uh, you know, we may get some more info on this bad batch before the end of the year, or if, you know, just in general, like if there's going to be a big dump of star Wars announcements and teases and stuff that we would have gotten at celebration or sort of what their plan is for that stuff. Um, but speaking of the Mandalorian, uh, as we talked about season two is still on track to come out in October, uh, should hopefully be getting a trailer sooner than later. Cause yeah, like you mentioned, Tim, that is like two months from now, uh, two and a half months. If it's coming out late October, we still don't have a premiere date yet, but, um, that's still on track for, uh, for October of this year. And then, um, but it was just announced that season one of the Mandalorian was nominated for 15 Emmy awards. Um, they just announced the, the Emmy, uh, nominations for this year, like a couple weeks ago. Um, and this is really cool. Cause I hadn't really been thinking about this in terms of, um, you know, it'd be, like I know the Mandalorian's a popular show and I think it's a really good show, but it's not something that I was expecting to be nominated for like the Emmy for outstanding drama series, which it was, um. So that's pretty cool as well as I mean, well, here, I'll I'll read the whole list. It got nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, uh, Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance for Taika Waititi as IG-11, Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series for Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon, um, Outstanding Production Design for a Narrative Program, Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series, Outstanding Fantasy and Sci-Fi Costumes, Outstanding Single Camera Picture Editing, Uh, outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, outstanding music composition, which I hope it wins that one because Ludwig Granson did a fantastic job with the soundtrack on that show. Um, Outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series, um, outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or drama series, outstanding special visual effects, and outstanding stunt coordination for a drama series. And cherry on top, uh, Star Wars Resistance was also nominated for outstanding children's programs. So, um, nice to see all the people involved in that get uh, you know recognized for their work and um, hopefully they get to take home some awards when they actually have I'm not sure when the actual Emmys are or if they're even going to have like an in-person uh, ceremony this year I yeah, believe
2: it's in September like the end of September sometime
1: okay but uh, yeah hopefully um, the Mandalorian will take home some of those prizes that it's nominated for that'd be pretty cool
2: yeah, we know Star Wars doesn't have much success at the Oscars, so let yeah. see if they could. Well, yeah, and I think um,
1: that's that's why I was so surprised to see this many nominations for it. I was like, oh, this is new.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a cool surprise to get because, like you, I wasn't even thinking about Emmy nominations <laughs> for The Mandalorian. What, not because it doesn't deserve it, but just, I don't know, you don't think about that. Maybe it's because it's, you know, our first live-action Star Wars TV show and awards for that we're not used to. We're used to seeing animated stuff when, like, Clone Wars and Rebels, but for live action, it's part of the new territory, I guess, with a live action Star Wars TV series. But it was definitely cool to see, especially with it being nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, because that's probably the highest you can get <laughs> for a TV show. So that's definitely awesome. Um, it was just cool to see this and the Watchmen TV show get pretty much yes. dominate the uh, Emmy nominations. Yeah. So, we've got two great shows to kind of root for to hopefully win because both of those were the highlight of tv last year in my opinion so yeah yeah so to see them both get recognized it's funny you say that
0: tim because i those two shows i think should they
2: should sweep yeah
0: one <laughs> of the, the other basically Watchmen is a is a all-timer
2: yeah and the good thing about Watchmen and the mandalorian they're both up for different categories as far as best drama series because uh Mandalorian is a series. Watchmen's being nominated for Best Limited Series. So it's not like they're yeah. going to be going up against each other. So hopefully they win That's both good. of those.
0: Yeah. Mandalorian is, to be honest, I was a little, little surprised that it was nominated. Not because it's not that good, but just because, you know, the Emmys are these award shows. I don't like award shows anymore. I used to like them a lot more. I really just can't stand them anymore. It, to me, it's a lot of its favoritism or whatever. But when it's always nice when you love something as much as like, let's say, The Mandalorian, or and me and Tim's, and I'm I'm sure if you've seen The Watchmen, Kyle, but uh, no, you need to. It's so good. Um, but uh, yeah, watch all that stuff it's like it's it's great to know people actually acknowledge it who are like oh, I guess we can watch these shows oh, I guess it's okay it's like you know I, I imagine the people who are or nominating things for Emmys are like drinking wine at like 9 a.m <laughs> like watching these screeners being like this episode of the child is very good and you know I don't this for uh, best outstanding performance with a puppet okay um so anyway <laughs> I that being said um, yeah, Mandalorian, it was so good and I'm really glad that it's being, you know, heralded as like, yeah, it's, it's a quality show that we need to nominate it, and it deserves to be nominated because I think it deserves to be nominated, but I'm also biased. So the fact that it's, it is, is, is great. Um, I love to me, the Mandalorian is, is special and, and it remains to be seen if the second season is going to be as good as a first, but you know, the fact that everyone's kind of nominated for all these awards, it just shows you how good and how I can be honest, how unexpected. I, I never would have expected the Mandalorian to be nominated for Emmys. Like that's a that's not a big deal. I was I would have been happy with it just being Star Wars good. I mean I mm-hmm. loved it.
1: Mm-hmm. And Everyone else like it. I, yeah. I was expecting it to be nominated for like special effects and soundtrack and Uh, you know, maybe costumes or something like I was expecting it to maybe get like three to five nominations. Just the fact that it got 15, that was definitely a pleasant surprise.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so for me, it's, it, we just, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I got nominated. It deserves it. It should win probably most everything it's up against. If it's not up against Watchmen, otherwise Watchmen should win everything. Nothing should stop Watchmen. Watchmen should win everything outright. And oh, by the way, Kyle, hit me up if you want to watch Watchmen. Wink wink. <laughs>
1: I will do that. Excellent. Um now the one question I have is where the heck is Clone Wars? Uh
0: it might be honestly, it might be uh it might have premiered a little too late for the the Emmys.
1: No, it that's possible cuz I looked that up. And I was wondering, like, what was what's the cutoff? But it, I thought it was after when Clone Wars ended. Um, but I don't know, cause now I'm looking on like Wikipedia, cause I know other seasons of Clone Wars have won Emmys or at least been nominated in the past. And like the the Lost Missions episodes, which came out like March of 2014, were nominated for the Emmys that were held like in 2015. So maybe it will get nominated next year. I don't know. I don't know exactly how all that works. But at least according to like the, the rules that I saw when I looked this up, and this was like a while ago when the nominations first came out, I was looking up like what's the cutoff date and it looked like Clone Wars should have been able to uh to fit in there, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh better be the case because for next year, because if somehow that the
2: Siege of awards are nominated for nothing, that's that's a crime. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But see that's almost one of those things where again, it's just like the movies not being nominated for Oscars. It's like at this point, like, I don't care if you nominate it for awards or not. It's freaking fantastic in my book, but it definitely would be nicer. I mean, it's just weird that, like, it's been nominated for Emmys in the past, and yet this exactly is all the best right, stuff yeah. they've ever done, and you're not going to nominate this. So hopefully yeah, that'll come around. Be a <laughs> hopefully that'll come around next year, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, so that's, uh, you know, we talked about Bad Batch, The Mandalorian, um, the the movies are pushed back a year. Pretty much the only other thing we've got uh, to talk about for now um, is this is another rumor from uh, the guys at the Kessel Run Transmissions podcast who first leaked the rumor about the Bad Batch series that ended up coming true, and um, a couple weeks ago they you know, let another cat out of the bag with a rumor that uh, Donald Glover is going to be getting his own Lando spinoff series. Now, this one I'm not maybe necessarily as inclined to fully believe because they said that there's going to be a Lando series starring Donald Glover and then a bunch of other people with connections and sources and stuff started kind of coming out of the woodwork and saying, like, oh, yeah, I've heard that there's going to be like a direct sequel to Solo, or I've heard that there's going to be a Crimson Dawn series with Maul and Kira, or I've heard that, you know, there's going to be a like just a Lando series, or I've heard that Lando's going to be in like a solo sequel series or whatever. So you know it just kind of it went from this one rumor to kind of becoming a bunch of noise about solo spin-offs and stuff and so i would say take all that with a big grain of salt but i would say the big takeaway there is that they've heard the the pleas from you know the fans that really like solo and wanted to see solo 2 happen um which has been a you know kind of a, a big campaign on twitter just like save the clone wars was and stuff like that now you know there's a bunch of people saying make solo 2 happen um and it sounds like that will be happening in some capacity, whether it's, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think it'll be a, a movie sequel. It definitely sounds like it's going to be something on Disney plus, but whether that's a bunch of spin off series about Lando and Crimson Dawn or whatever, or if it's just a direct sequel series with Han and Lando and all those different people involved, um, regardless i mean you guys know like solo is definitely not my favorite star wars movie but i also would definitely be but i also definitely would be down to see more of those characters and i think the movie itself would have worked better as a series um and i'm i mean i definitely want to see more of crimson dawn just for maul and to find out what he's up to during that time period and and see what he's got going on but um i also think just seeing more of han and lando and chewie would be fun um so, yeah, I'm all for it. And honestly, I, I think as much as I like Donald Glover as Lando and I think it would be fun to see a Lando series, I think I would rather see him be part of just a larger like solo continuation effort that's more focused yeah. on Han and Chewie. They can run into Lando again, maybe run into Kira again, um, have Maul in the background doing his thing. I If anything, if there's going to be like a separate spinoff from Solo, I think it should be Crimson Dawn. Um, because I would be okay with like Han and Kira not necessarily crossing paths again, but her going off and doing her own thing with Crimson Dawn, and then just focusing on on Maul and all that aspect of it. And I've said before I don't want to see Han ever cross paths with Maul because, you know, his whole hokey re- hokey religions and ancient weapons. Like I don't think he should ever come mm. across a Force user before the time of the original trilogy. So, um, but I don't know. Maybe he meets Maul as just this criminal mastermind and doesn't realize he's a sith lord or something like that but i think a a separate crimson dawn spinoff would be cool but regardless i just think um you know it it sounds like something is afoot over at lucasfilm with uh these characters and storylines from solo and again don't get me wrong just because i i ranked it low on my rankings list i definitely be Mm -hmm. excited to see more of these characters Mm -hmm. uh continue so yeah Uh uh-huh i believe you no you should I i don't (laughs) But I'm just kidding.
0: I, there's a lot, this this is a big, a big thing. I think this is kind of like our, our biggest subject today. I guess you could, you could say, I think that solo is going to get something because there's definitely when there's smoke, there's fire. And I think we all agree to that in some respects. Now the problem, and I I have nothing against, you know, the Kressel radio people at all. I, I don't know. Obviously they got the bad batch thing, right? Which is, which is really cool. It remains to be seen about some of the other stuff they they've gotten, but I respect those guys. And, and, and if they say a Lando thing is coming, or, or or something Solo related is coming, then cool. I know that uh, Jeremy Conrad, who I have no respect for, and I'm not speaking for any of you guys, but for me, uh, I, I will concur with you on that. Paul. <laughs> yeah, I do not like
1: Jeremy Conrad. I think he's
0: a, just not a good dude. And I, for from the record,
1: I don't know him well enough to say one way or the other.
0: I I know I know of him too much to know that I don't like him. So and he's not reliable. I'm going to say that right now. If he gets a few things right, that's a few things out of a million things he throws out there. So if he's like, well, it, it's going to happen. But take that with a giant boulder of salt, because <laughs> I don't know if you can just, you know, whatever. Um, I hope he's right. I won't make that very clear. I hope he's right. But I, I don't believe him. I don't believe a word he says actually for the most part. So that being said, I, I think, but I do think when there's smoke, there's fire. And I think multiple people out there have, have been saying this fans have been really vocal about it. I know, um, Alden Ehrenreich has even said, yeah, like, I don't know what, you know, stuff might be happening. I don't know. He kind of, he's been a little bit cagey and, to be honest, I think that's really exciting. I think the fact that fans really, you know, have have kind of taken the solo after the movie had come out um in in the video. And I think to be honest, I think probably, you know, maybe the numbers from Netflix and the numbers from in into in the Disney Plus may might make them kind of, you know, escalate it a little bit. Like, you know what, this movie is actually doing a lot better. I don't to be honest, I don't see people complain about that movie. It's kind of like Rogue One. When I do, it's kind of like weird you know and i feel but and again and i don't i'm not putting it as rogue one as like because i think rogue one is is predominantly the most that and force awakens to be honest are probably the most you know loved of the of the disney films overall as a massive thing but i would say but like the force awakens also has a little bit of a stink on it because of the movies that came afterwards and all that you know i will get into that but i say stink only because Of just it's, you know, a lot more split after that movie uh, as far as what people's, you know, what they think or whatever. So The Force Awakens is kind of also got a little bit more uh, ridiculed or a little bit more uh, beat up on after it come out and a lot more of its warts kind of showed. The Rogue One has kind of been like that that movie that everyone usually again a good portion of fans usually kind of go to and say yeah that's my favorite you know of the Disney era. And Solo is kind of not maybe maybe been a top favorite for a lot of people like like a Kyle if you will, but I think it's also a movie that people don't hate enough and think that it's garbage either or like you know, have gone on the internet and said, this movie's garbage, how could it, you? you know, it's it's one of those movies where if they actually do watch it, those people who, you know, try to get paid for YouTube to rant against Ryan Johnson and the Last Jedi or or Rise of Skywalker, um, those those same people haven't really, ra- you know, ragged on Solo because one, it doesn't have the pizzazz of like getting views for it. But also I think because people, the reason why is because people don't hate it. People are predominantly like, they either didn't watch it and if they did, a lot of people are like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And so, and again, maybe it's expectations or whatever, but it's solo that does not have the negative connotation, I think, as the other Disney films of Star Wars films. So I think that there's, that's something to be said, to be honest. And I think that it's because those, it's not that as, as bad as people expected it to be. And it, you know, whatever. Again, debatable, but that's just kind of my outward opinion. I think more people have taken to it After the movie has come out. And with that said, I think that if, if you were to make that solo movie now, like let's say like they with the Larry Kasdan now, they'd be going and doing Disney plus regardless of because of the low budget and everything. So, because if you think about it, you look at solo, you could easily make that movie probably on a Disney uh, plus budget. Modifying a few things here or there. Now, granted, there's some really cool special effects that probably you know in cool scenes that probably cost a lot of money. But you probably could, you know, in my opinion, you could whittle that movie down pretty and have it be essentially the same thing without having to break up or lowering the budget considerably for maybe a Disney plus. Again, not a lot, but you know that' you could it was a super cheap movie to make, but part of the problem with that film was it was filmed almost twice right? So, yeah. but that being said, I'm sorry, Tim, I'll, I'll shut up here in a second, but I no, think yeah. with Solo, I think that what you've got is you've developed, that Disney knows, okay, Star Wars content, we've got it. We've got contracts already in place with a lot of these people. Um, even though it didn't set the world on fire, people do like that Eric is Han Solo. Like, he's not, let's be real here. Not everyone loves him, but not everyone hates him either. He's very, It's it's almost like the perfect thing where you can like, again, you need content for your Disney plus show and you need to like bank on characters that people will care about. Well, you already have Alden Ehrenreich and he's not setting the world on fire as far as acting and and being a hot commodity. So he's not going to be a lot of money. And you know, Donald Glover is, you know, probably be the biggest one, but maybe you already have a contract with him. I, I don't know. My point is this, is that you can easily make a show with those characters and and you hit on something Kyle that I think that that I'd rather see an ensemble piece where maybe Han isn't necessarily the main main character like Solo, but if there was like a, I haven't read these books, but like those, like the, the Timothy Zahn book, Scoundrels, where it was like, you know, a dirty dozen kind of a thing with that's kind of the thing I think you want to do something like that, where you introduce some new characters. You have Han and Lando, where it's kind of equal billing rather than that. So it's Han is the main character and Lando the supporting character. Let's make Han, Chewie, Lando, and a couple of other characters an ensemble piece about with, with Solo in it as a main character, but not the character. I think that to me is a winning formula because I think all of them did a great job as Han. I think uh, Donald did a great job as Lando. I think you bank on you know those people. Obviously, uh, uh, the guy playing Chewie, I forgot his name, always you know whatever his name is. They all do a great Jonas,
2: job. I Yana can't Smith. pronounce his last name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I mean, you put those three characters with you know introduce some new characters, and you have them do something in the Empire era, which that's what they're in. You're you're pretty much set up for a fun, either a mini or a fun film, and you could probably do it pretty inexpensively if you can if you can make it look as good as the Mandalorian, you're set. You know what I mean. So I feel that this is something that could be easily done. You're putting content out there that people are gonna watch, and I think that it's a win-win situation. And I think that it may only make sense. So, but I I definitely agree with you, Kyle. And maybe I misheard you, but I think that you don't need to have Han as the main character, but definitely have him in the film or as a as a big part of it, but not the like a Solo Two sequel exactly. Give me something like a dirty dozen like my favorite episode of The Mandalorian where it's like them all getting together and going from there. That to me is the winning formula. But I think that there's obviously something to these rumors because there's multiple things coming out there. But at the same time, I don't know the exact specifics. It wouldn't surprise me if it is an ensemble thing that Kyle kind of mentioned.
1: Well, yeah, and I wasn't even necessarily talking about an ensemble. I was just talking about having – I mean, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing something centered around Han with all the other characters in supporting roles just like you had in the movie, as opposed to having a separate spinoff series about every character. Um, that was my point, is I, I just think it would be okay to have them all in the same series, or maybe have a couple different spin off series, but it's like, I don't need a Lando series and a Kira series and a Maul series and a Chewie series and a, a Jabba series and, you know, whatever. Um, you what know, do you guys
2: think I, I, about... This, what if they went in a direction where I don't know if you'd call it like smugglers and scoundrels or criminals and smugglers, something that encompasses the entire like world and characters we've gotten solo as one series, but each episode kind of focuses on a different character or group of that. Like you get the haunted and Chewie episode, the Lando episode, the Crimson Dawn episode with Maul, the Envis Nest episode, something that encompasses everything we've gotten in solo in one series. But yeah, and then maybe there was like a narrative that plays throughout. All of that, not where all the characters meet up in the finale, but there'd be certain things where that were laid out in each character's episode that comes to a front in the final one. Something like that, instead of having all these different series, it's all part of one series, but just separate episodes.
1: Yeah, I would like that too. I think that would be an interesting way to do it. Almost like, you know, kind of a, an anthology series. Mm-hmm. Um just about all these different smugglers and stuff. Cause yeah, I forgot about Enfist Ness. I'd love to see her again too. Now that is a series that I could see maybe being its own spin-off because she's probably not really going to run into Han again. And we know that yeah. it, it seems like they're more on a course to join up with the rebel Alliance.
2: Um, if anything, we might see her show up in the Cassian series would probably
1: make more sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. I th- I'm sure we'd probably talked about that before, but I hadn't thought about that in a while. Um, but yeah, I would love to see, you know, in either a series or an episode of something about emphasis nest and the cloud riders and have that, uh connect with the rebellion somehow
2: yeah but either way we're getting something with solo <laughs> yeah so we're gonna see those characters we don't know who yet but we're gonna see some of them again i have no doubt of that now because of this rumors and some of the other rumblings we've been hearing and i think disney lucasman really paid attention to the make solo 2 happen hashtag i mean there was that one day that was just dedicated to that hashtag and it was trending and i think it got some attention to where they know the fans want to see this part of the star wars story with these characters continue in some capacity and obviously they probably realize that disney plus makes total sense for that for a series so it's just a matter of knowing which direction they're going to go but i am pretty confident we're going to see more from solo um in the near future so hopefully this is one of those announcements that we're supposed to get at celebration in a couple of weeks, maybe Uh um, not this month, but somewhere down the line, that is something they had planned to announce, but maybe they'll save it for a little bit later as they trickle down some announcements that were going to happen at celebration.
0: I I think I might know, or I I have a good idea of when they might do that. I think they do it around Mandalorian season two, if you wait, because Mm -hmm. if you're, if, if, especially if Mandalorian season two is just blowing up, even, you know, as equal or even bigger, you want to let people know like, Hey, we're going to have more episodes of this and you're going to see maybe Han Solo runs into the Mandalorian because he's in that era, you know, again, or at some point. So there's, there's a lot you can do. And I think with, with, with celebration ending, there's, there's going to be a lot of strategic placing of, of news items. And I think that right now with COVID and, and limited, um, limited kind of things is kind of happening with star Wars. They're going to want to, instead of doing one look, you know, one place of announcing everything, they may want to spread it out and again. I'm not sure about the good or bad, to be honest, but I, I would not shock me if they wanted to wait to kind of, or even maybe not announce it, but like, Things start like basically a Hollywood Reporter variety get a hold mm-hmm. of it and get, get, you know, confirms it around that time just to basically say like, hey, fans, we're not we're not ready to say this yet. But, yeah, it pretty much is done. So just you, you guys go ahead and run with this kind of a thing, kind of like wink at them, like, yeah, this is happening, wink and then say it's a source. OK, cool. They run it or whatever. Kind of like the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Stuff they reported a long time ago that, um, because a variety of reports it's legit, but things kind of fell through or whatever. So it could be one of those things. Or like even when, um, James Mangold was going to do the Boba Fett film and they put that out right during the, uh, Han Solo, uh, premiere that came weekend. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely a, a, controlled uh leak in my opinion from uh, lucasfilm basically saying that we want people to kind of see what kind of gauge the interest kind of a thing so
2: i remember reading that i was i was waiting to get in the theater for solo and i thought oh boba fett's gonna be in solo he's gonna be
1: that's, you know, that's a what i thought too. secret or something in
0: there, you know? and, and that which again i think that was a mistake He should have been somewhere in there. Well, see,
1: I think I I still think if if Solo had been successful and if they had just made a movie sequel to Solo, he definitely would have been in the sequel.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think
1: they wanted to have this movie really focus more on like Han and Lando and kind of establish them and not have Boba Fett as some side character. I think he would have been probably a big character in the sequel, Mm -hmm. although at this point still, I think it would be cool to see if maybe in the middle of all this this expansion of solo stuff. If this all comes to fruition, um, I think it would be cool to see maybe a Boba Fett series or maybe episode of, you know, like you said, Tim, if they do some anthology thing, but I would like to see a, maybe a Boba Fett story that is kind of like a continuation of Han's story, but from Boba's perspective, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, or have, you know, you, you could even have like an episode where, or a series where they're all together, but have like an episode that just focuses on Boba. um, but, yeah, I think it would be definitely cool to to bring him into the fold as well. Although, I mean, who knows if we may see him show up in uh, The Mandalorian, too. I mean, there's that lingering, you know, that one guy that we just saw his boots in that one episode. Um, but oh, yeah. I almost the, already forgot about that. Yeah, but <laughs> who's, who says you can't have Boba Fett in two different Star Wars series, so.
0: I did, Kyle. <laughs> I said you can't have him in both series. I re- you can't have it. Blah, blah, blah,
1: blah.
2: He's too overrated.
0: That's why. Oh yeah, he's too overrated. I'm so. You know who's most overrated character he is Boba Fett. He's in like three minutes. Who cares about him? No one cares about Boba Fett. Blah, blah blah blah. Tell that to the people in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got to say. Amen. <laughs> God I, I, I'm so I'm so sick of being like. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, you know what? Shut up. Yeah, you <laughs> heard me.
2: Anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean rated? to set you off there, Paul. You
0: overrated? <laughs> Ryan Johnson. There you go. Oh, boy.
2: We <laughs> nice
1: there we go. Don't get me started, Paul. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, God. I I'll take so- Ryan Johnson yeah. over Boba Fett. There I said it. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> wow. You,
2: you can have him. <laughs> So oh. you are the best of both worlds. Ryan Johnson does the Boba Fett series. You know it was
0: funny. How awesome would that be if that was his trilogy? He's like, "Well, I always wanted to make a Boba Fett." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so. Speaking of which, man, that thing sure isn't happening anytime soon. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, it was still with all the different writers and directors that we've had attached to Star Wars projects. Now, well, I guess this is also something that's worth briefly mentioning, at least. Uh, Taika Waititi did recently... Confirm that I think he has started writing his Star Wars movie or is going to start on it soon or something like that. So he's
0: not, he's well, he's not, he's writing it with someone, right? So it's not like he's writing it by himself. I, actually, I, th- I
1: think he does have a co writer, but just he, he did an interview recently and said that I forget if he said he's he has started working on it or will be soon. Um, so at least we know that that's not going to be another Star Wars per- or you know, another person that we hear is working on star wars and then we just never hear from it again um now we'll see i mean when that movie actually comes out but just the fact that we've got you know taika waititi and ryan johnson and kevin feige and uh i'm sure there's at least a couple other people that have at least been rumored if not confirmed um oh yeah the um gosh there's that one uh woman director um who did the, the TV series who she's doing a star Wars movie, right? Oh
0: yeah. 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 The, um, oh gosh, what was the, uh, I know what you're talking about. He, she was the Harvey Weinstein like assistant or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, I don't I believe you do this. I was
1: going um,
0: to hear about that part, but. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing, man. Um,
1: But that's supposed to be... Yeah, so again, so we have like four or five different people that have been confirmed to be working on Star Wars films and we have three release dates for Star Wars films that are all three to six years from now or three to seven years from now, I guess. So it's still kind of... It feels like it's going to be a a game of musical chairs as to like who actually gets to grab a chair and have their Star Wars movie be made. Um, But... I don't know. It'll be very interesting to, to be talking about this stuff like 10 years from now and look back on this time period and see whose projects actually got made and, and what actually came of all this. But um,
0: yeah, no kidding. Well, it's it's fascinating because we're not going to know anything for a long time because of the, of the the delays, which, by the way, I had to step out for a minute, but the movie delays, which I think is understandable. But with these delays, it only it only pretty much cements the fact that Ryan Johnson's not going to be able he's not doing his thing like i i'd be i would be extremely shocked if that's happening and and the fact that they keep disney plus has been the focus of of star wars it's again we don't even know how theaters are going to look like in 3 years and yeah. so it, it could go away completely. There might not be any more Star Wars live action films. I mean, I don't think so. All uh,
2: those think... release windows, I mean, that Universal, I believe, was the deal where like the exclusive theater runs only what, like two weeks or something before it goes on digital yeah. video on demand. So, like like you said, this whole landscape of theaters and how things are released is well, be totally think... different by the time the next right. Star Wars movie comes out or is well, supposed li- to come out.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Tim, because that, I to me, I think that's probably where they're going to go. And, but I think theaters are still going to be be able to survive, but cause back in the day, Cal, you're too young for this, maybe, I don't know, but back in the day, it was a big deal when theaters, when movies stayed in theater for a long time, it was like, oh, it always signified a movie was successful. Oh yeah, was, I
1: remember that.
0: Right? Like, but, but you know, like people would say, like, the reason why I say it you might be too young for this is like, people would say, oh, it was good. It, it was stayed in the theaters for a long time. Like people would say that as like a, a point of emphasis. Right. Uh, whereas now is movies get out as soon as they can to get on videos, you know, to sell, you know, pre-release all that crap, you know, that kind of a thing. It's kind of, people people don't say it as much, at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, That being said, What's I think you're almost going to go back to that line of thinking, because with what Tim said, you're going to have these movies, and they're instead of you're going to be judged on how soon they get to video. Like let's say two weeks. Let's say a, a movie does kind of poorly in the theater. Well, they get kicked out, and they put it out on video uh, two weeks, you know, or whatever. Like Maybe there's a certain parameter of of a of a hit, or you know, for every movie's going, every movie's gonna probably be judged differently. So depending on how much they make the the two week window will kick in if a movie doesn't make a certain amount or whatever. And if you think about it, star Wars and a Marvel and a DC and those kinds of specialized films or blockbuster films, they won't be affected necessarily because you're, you're probably going to keep them in to get as much money as you can, unless it's a complete bomb. And you're just trying to like salvage anything you can at that point. Right? So I feel that, if theaters are still around again, that's only if they're still around by the time star Wars, you know, is making films, right. That being said, I think that they will, I I don't think theaters are going to go anywhere. I I know I can tell you right now, once theaters are opened here in in Washington, I'm going like, I, I am, I'm ready because I'm sick and tired of watching things at my house, to be quite honest. And I, and I cannot wait to see a movie theater again because I miss it. Like the fact that it was taken away from me, I got it. I got to get out and see movies in, in, in the way they were intended. And I think that to me is the, the biggest kind of a uh, you know, re- revelation. I think of COVID entertainment anyway, is the fact that I think theaters definitely have a place regardless of what streaming is because of the atmosphere. I think of just the whole, just getting. Not everyone wants to be in their house all day. It's let's be real. It's not exactly the most healthy thing. I get stir crazy. You know what I mean? So I feel that, movies, uh, big budget movies like this is perfect for the theaters. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I, where I'm at on this. And so, uh, but I do think that with, with where are they going to, where they're going to go with movies, it's going to be very interesting because it's the landscape's going to be completely different as far as, you know, what, how for budgets and things like that. So it's going to be fascinating. I, I'm, I, I, for one, and just, i I'm fascinated to see what happens. But Star Wars, you know, one of the things they talked about too was the fact that, you know, lower budgets and things like that, kind of going back to, you know, Solo and to Disney Plus and the future of Star Wars. It's interesting that they're, they're even thinking about lower budgets for these Star Wars films. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to go in in regards to when they eventually go that direction of, of films. Only because I think that if you're going low budget, why don't you just put it on Disney plus at this point? And especially if it's like a solo kind of a thing, which maybe Taika Waititi is going to do. I I don't know what he's going to, but like, like for instance, if they're, if you, if he says, if you hear Disney say that now, right? If Disney says, Oh, we're doing lower budget star Wars films, like a little bit, like that's disappointing, right? Well, if you all of a sudden hear them, the next movie they're going to put out is a Knights of the Old Republic, you're going to be kind of bummed out that you heard them say that. And they're going to lower the budget. Say, like, well, I want a big, the biggest budget you can give me. You know, well, okay. Hang on, where, where
1: did they say that they were going to lower the budgets, though?
0: That was well. That's that's what I've I've seen it floating around a bunch. That that they that there's a focus on more lower budgeted um Star Wars films, like n- maybe not having ballooned so much, hmm. more controlled, if you will. Um, Again, maybe, maybe I maybe I'm getting wrong information. I could be wrong, but. I'm just saying that that's where, you know, it wouldn't surprise me necessarily either. So, but I think that as long as they keep the films big and huge and looking amazing and look and make them look different than Disney plus, I think that's, you know, Star Wars, you know, again, you don't have to have a movie every year, but you keep those movies pumping out because if you make those big budgeted movies, keep them in the theaters, people are going to go see Star Wars, which it's, it's a fact. You know, and but I think that again, the solo like movies, even Rogue One, you probably could make. You know, the exception of the very end where you have how crazy it gets at the end of Rogue One. Rogue One could easily have could um you know you could have modified Rogue One to be a um to be a a, a Disney Plus series or, or or movie, and you probably could have sacrificed a little bit and still had it been like. You know, pretty good, like a pretty good movie, and because I know we, I know we all love the space battle at the end, and, and Darth Vader, and Darth Vader, I, I don't think would it could have would have been affected necessarily, but my point is, is that you could what we love about that movie is the characters. You know, again, the writing, even though it's it's a kind of a patchwork movie, it works, and I think that to me is what they need to get, you know, get back to is like getting back to characters that really click with people in an audience so and Disney plus obviously has done that so far with the Mandalorian and they've done a great job so I've, I've talked way too long I apologize but yeah I think that solo on Disney and those kinds of you know lower budgeted shows on Disney plus is perfect and but let's, let's keep the big budgeted stuff in Star Wars in the high in the, in the theaters hopefully theaters will not be gone I don't think they will but you never
1: know Yeah, definitely. I mean, and like I said, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, um, you know, what of all this ends up coming true. Uh, you know, what movies end up making it to theaters, what kind of stuff we get on Disney plus from, from solo and, uh, Mandalorian and and Cassian and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at least we've got some Star Wars stuff coming out right now. I mean, obviously, we've got The Mandalorian to look forward to in October and hopefully some exciting announcements and stuff coming up before the rest of this year that we would have gotten at Celebration. Um, but like you said, it's it's kind of a weird time for Star Wars right now. Um, we're kind of in a little bit of a, a down period. So that's really all the news we've got to talk about for right now. Um Obviously as we said we'll, we'll be continuing to do uh some more episodes just covering some fun topics and stuff when there's not really uh any news to talk about so we'll probably do one of those for our next episode. Um if we can find those Ewok movies to watch because I know Paul and a couple of you listeners have been bugging them. me to watch those but then we were <laughs> talking about it before we started recording today and we couldn't even find them online anymore. So
0: um, I I got it Kyle. They're they're all, by the way to uh, you know they they were I I had to switch different uh browser but that they were there. Oh, okay. They are. okay. So, so all you need to do is a uh, lickety split, is there that guy from that terrible Last Jedi. Oh, sorry, just just kidding. I'm just kidding. Who uh, who
1: said lickety split in the Last Jedi? Uh, I think
2: you beg to say blip bloppity bloop.
1: No, he <laughs> said lickety split, doesn't he? You talking, talking about DJ? About DJ? Right?
0: Yeah, I swear he—he he might as well. Get I would it, bet anyway. you
1: ten credits. Nobody says lickety split in Star Wars. <laughs> no,
2: he Wars. says blip blabity bloop. <laughs> Whatever he says,
0: either either way, it's the same difference. It's when you try <laughs> to make
1: a, when you try to take a shot at the last Jedi and it blows up in your face,
0: like I said, it's it's not not far off. It might as well have been. But anyway, um, no, it's it's there. So all you have to do is. Uh, logger in if you know what i mean and it you'll you'll be able to get in okay and, and, so yeah we we got you covered
1: well yeah yeah so so we'll uh we'll we'll be doing obviously some more some more episodes and some more fun stuff uh here in the near future um and then we'll see if we end up getting a mandalorian trailer this month or any other um star wars announcements again by the end of the month that maybe would have been at celebration or something so um might have some more news to talk about soon as well but before we wrap up uh tim did we have any social media comments or anything that you wanted to share regarding any of our uh stuff that we just talked about or our recent episodes or anything
2: uh we actually yeah we actually got a couple of emails um regarding some observations and some thoughts which we always like to get so first one we got is from logan um he says hey guys logan from phoenix and I hope everything is going well. Just had a quick observation that I felt I, should be, or that I felt should be pointed out, as I'm surprised no other fan has caught on to this. I just re-watched one of my favorite episodes of Rebels from Season 2, Episode 11, titled Legacy. In the very last scene, Ezra, after being told that his parents are dead, stares off at a cliff at the Twin Moons and has a brief conversation with his parents. They tell him how proud they are of him. They give him strength and hope. Most importantly, though, is that Kanan explains to Ezra That the Jedi teach that life doesn't cease at death, but merely changes form in the force. Your parents are alive inside you, Ezra. They always will be. It seems like Abrams and Terrio drew this as inspiration when constructing the redemption of Ben Solo. The way in which Kanan explains it makes me realize that the idea of someone living inside you and representing themselves as a ghostly embodiment is not at all new to Canon, as it has clearly been done in Rebels. For the sake of comparison, um, he has some of the dialogue from when Ben was talking to Solo, where he says, you're just a memory. And then Han says, "Your memory. Come home. And how he tells him that your mother's gone, but what she stood for, what she fought for, that's not gone. And he goes, they're both very integral integral steps in coming to terms with the death of parents and how you progress forward from that. For Ben, it's his ultimate rite of passage moment before sacrificing himself. Um, And then he gives... The time frames for when that takes place in the episode and uh, just wanted to see what we thought about that and he says have an awesome week so thanks Logan for sending that um, observation which I'll be honest I haven't never really thought about that when watching that scene from the Rise of Skywalker but I did go back and watch that ending for that uh, Rebels episode of Legacy with Ezra and Kanan and I did get some vibes from that once I saw it after you mentioned it the way Ezra's parents are just right there with them talking to him and kind of giving him comfort and knowing that what they fought for and everything they did is alive and with him, similar to what Han says to Ben, like you just pointed out. So I think that's a very cool way to look at it. Just how in the Force, as Luke even says too, in the last Jedi, no one's ever really gone. Though I doubt that Abrams and Terrio drew specifically from this episode. I have a hard time believing, as uh, J.J. saw any episodes of Rebels, by <laughs> preparing for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but it doesn't make it any less of a cool connection, I think. So you can draw from both of those situations. So uh, good call on that.
1: Yeah, I would echo what you said, Tim. I mean, it is a cool connection um, and definitely a similarity between the two scenes and the two I don't know if I'd say between the two characters in their arcs. I mean, obviously, Ben Solo has a much different character arc than Ezra, but um, definitely a pivotal moment there for both of them. But yeah, I think to assume that J.J. and Chris Terrio watched Rebels and tried to draw from that for inspiration for Rise of Skywalker, I think is giving them a little too much credit.
0: Wow, dude. (laughs) Wow, Kyle. We all know Ryan Johnson watched all the episodes of Rebels, right? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying he didn't. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm just man. Or, no, I'm not saying he did. I'm not i i know i am i am just man i am not saying he did i am not saying
1: he did. Rather, I'm. Yeah. I'm not saying that that Ryan would have done that either. I'm just saying that you know the movie guys are off doing their own thing.
0: I. You, to, but especially
1: to, to JJ and and Chris Terrio. It does. I mean. I I, I, I disagree, I, man. I, I you don't you know, we don't know,
0: and you know, because I know Chris Terrio, he definitely. He, he did, he did some research. I mean, he, he talked about, he talked about, it. I think they all did. I don't, well, I don't think JJ did to be honest, but, um, but I think Chris Tero actually, he, he tried. And I wouldn't be shocked if he had watched that and, and goes, Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure he, I mean, again, it could be just a happy coincidence and maybe he did watch it and maybe it was kind of in his, uh, subconscious or whatever. I, I think that's very possible. So, and to be real, that's a, it's kind of like a universal theme kind of idea you know kind of you know it's not 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 it's a good idea is what i'm saying i think logan's picking up on the idea that it's it's a it's a good kind of idea to kind of bring back the parents kind of a thing so or as far as what they say to their you know to their kid or whatever so i i think that that's where you're picking up on mostly i but at the same time i wouldn't shock me if chris had watched that and goes oh what a coincidence that's the same thing as me but i mean i i think chris would have gave it credit if he was inspired by it but you know we'd I don't want to give it, say it's, it's verbatim, like no way. And it's possible, but, but yeah, I think it's more, just a more of a coincidence.
2: I will agree that if anyone was to watch, it, it would be Chris Terrio over JJ J. Abrams. <laughs> I will agree with yeah. that. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: All right. So thank you for that email, Logan. But then we also got one from Hassan Scarborough. who says, um, this is regarding to our siege of Mandalore commentary. And he goes, "It's us regard the Jedi and killing the clones. The idea of Jedi killing clones in Revenge of the Sith is considered not the Jedi way. That explain Commander Bly and his troops shooting Ayla in the back, Plo Koo getting shot down in the back, and the same went to Stas Ali when Commander Nao did the same thing. So what was Yoda and Obi-Wan supposed to do at the Jedi Temple when they faced outstanding odds at a battalion of 501st? The possibility of using non-lethal methods on many troops without doing any physical harm is small. They did what was needed. I do have a few suggestions on, or oh, before I get to that, let's tackle his uh, point about the Jedi killing uh, the clones. And kind of a different take to what I was saying. Obviously, I've been harping on how much I appreciated Ahsoka trying her best not to kill any clones and how it showed what a Jedi should do in that situation. I still stand by the fact that when Order 66 went down, in particular, uh, I was pinpoint Yoda. So he just beheaded Commander Bly or Commander Gree, I should say, um, so he could have done something else than just killing them. And I guess it depends on the situation. Obviously, Aayla never had a chance, nor did Plo Koon. And depending on the situation, obviously, there's going to be some casualties in the Jedi. We'll have to kill some of them. And I will say that Obi-Wan and Yoda going back to the Jedi Temple is a little different scenario, obviously. They know that there's going to be, the clones are going to stand guard. They're going to try to prevent them from getting in. And I would expect them to use some lethal force there. So, so my point is mainly coming from Order 66, but I do understand kind of what Hassan is saying here too. But I think it all just comes down to the situation where each Jedi face and how they could have done and reacted a little differently. But definitely interesting hearing the opposite end of that as far as defending more of the Jedi and how they're not necessarily not doing the Jedi way and defending themselves and doing what they had to do. So I think it's regardless makes for some interesting discussion topics regarding and how the Jedi handled order 66, if it was right, the right way or the wrong way.
1: Yeah. And I'm kind of in the middle on that because I, I agree with you that I like that Ahsoka did try to find another way. And that, I mean, especially because she's kind of one character that, you know, we were introduced to in the clone Wars. So like when you see, Yoda in Revenge of the Sith, when we watched that for the first time before the Clone Wars came out, we didn't know who Commander Gree was. And we hadn't seen Yoda, like, have those intimate moments with his clones, right? But when you've built up Ahsoka over seven seasons and we've seen her interact with these clones and care about them as people, it would seem a little jarring to then have her going, like, cutting their heads off. And so, obviously, they wrote it situationally to where she could get out of that situation without having to kill them all. But um, I think that, you know, it's it was... Um, just painted her character in a good light to just the fact that she's like, even though they're trying to kill her just because of everything they'd gone through together. And even, you know, because she's a Jedi and just cares about people and cares about preserving life. Like she wanted to try to be as nonviolent as possible if it was a possibility. Um, but at the same time with like Obi-Wan and Yoda, they're in impossible situations. They're going up against all these clones when they know that they've killed all the other Jedi and like, they're going to do what they got to do to get by. So I'm also not going to fault them and be like, oh, no, you're a monster. Like, because obviously they're, you know, it's just a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Like they're not killing them because they want to. They're, they're, you know, kind of defending themselves and getting to where they need to get to. So, um, but yeah, I think good points on both sides.
2: Yeah. And then he offers a few suggestions on some story arcs in the Clone Wars that maybe we should do commentaries on. Um, he mentions the Umbar arc, which I 100% would <laughs> be down with. Um, the Ahsoka arc, uh, Boba Fett, and the Protocol 66 and Citadel arc are some of the choices he's going to throw out there for us to do, which I think are all great choices. Yeah, definitely. And he just says, keep up the good work and Godspeed, Rebels. And asked if we saw the T- TVC Arc Trooper 3 pack coming from Heisbro, and he sent an image of uh, those figures coming, which look pretty cool. <laughs> <They're> all <laughs> perfect the Arc Troopers, Fives, Echo, and Jesse.
1: Yeah, I did see that. And I don't know if I'm going to get it just because that's the the three and three quarter inch line. And I don't typically, like, I don't really collect those. If they came out with a six inch uh, Fives Arc Trooper figure, shut up and take my money. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if they released a whole free pack of all of those Arc Troopers, uh as black series figures for like 60 bucks i'd still probably buy it but um yeah i just i don't know the all the figures i have displayed on my shelf right now are all the six inch black series so i think it would be weird to have like three random little three inch arc troopers on there
2: (laughs) i know especially you're getting so used to the black series figures that's kind of all that you want to (laughs) see in those size and styles but i will say in my small little display i have in my dresser there are some of the three and three quarter inches that i have next to the Black series figures where you got the tall Captain Phasma and then there's a small three and three quarter inch Captain Phasma. The Kylo ren's the same thing, it, do- it doesn't look too weird if you keep them separated enough where they have their own little section. But yeah, I agree. If they were Black Series figures, man, yeah, like you said, just take my money because they do look pretty cool. All right, and yeah, that's it. So thanks for the email, Hassan and Logan. Some good thoughts and observations to talk about and just. Again, part of the beauty of Star Wars when we have all these different topics, one about life after death and the force and then Jedi taking life <laughs> and with all these different conversation topics. So thank you guys for sending in your thoughts on those.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for those emails. Um, and of course, if uh, anybody else wants to send us email, you can do that at Star Wars tsc at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars tsc. Uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash uh, Star Wars the Saga Continues and you can check out our website at starwarstsc.com for all of our episodes and news stories and all that stuff that we're posting Um, but that's going to do it for now so uh, thank you all for tuning in Um, we'll be back soon with some more uh, either Star Wars news or just fun discussion stuff to talk about Uh, but that's going to do it for now we'll see you next time and may the force be with you
2: see you next time everybody Rebels. Godspeed. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Hmm.